Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Today's special guest is Casey Jones of Casey Jones Creative. And we connected because she took the second ever Kiss My Portfolio Challenge and then ended up on Team MKWCC. So we talk a little bit about that experience, about getting started in brand design, about how do you use social media platforms to learn from your peers. So there's plenty to take away from today's episode. I hope you enjoy. Don't forget to connect with Casey at Casey Jones Creative. Kiss my aesthetic, branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I am your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co., where we build bragworthy brands for social media-minded entrepreneurs, and you are in the right spot for branding, marketing, entrepreneurship advice that you can apply in your own business to better reach your ideal client online. Let's get to today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to the Kiss My Aesthetic Podcast. Today, we have Casey Jones Creative. Casey, thank you for joining us from St. Louis, of course. (laughs) And for anyone who doesn't know you, because I know you quite well at this point, um, explain a little bit about who you are and what you do and how you got started. Yeah, so the lovely Michelle already introduced me. I'm Casey. I'm a graphic designer based out of St. Louis. Um, I've been designing professionally for about two years now for a few different companies. I just recently started my own design business, Casey Jones Creative. But yeah, I got kind of my start in graphic design college. I kind of just fell into it and I took a class and I fell in love and I kind of, it kind of just came to me naturally. It felt like, like it was just a fun thing for me to do. And I was like, dang, I can make a career out of this. And so um, I've just only grown my knowledge from there. And um, yeah, I'm just kind of going off uh, in the world on my own now, just taking on new clients and things like that. So yeah. Exciting, super exciting. And as we were talking on Instagram, we realized we have actually a ton in common. We both started in college, kind of doing side jobs, side hustle stuff, uh, and then kind of growing into, okay, actually, I think I could see myself doing this. For me, I loved graphic design because it felt like this awesome opportunity for creative problem solving with like a little bit of more of a business mind, whereas art history and art theory can get a little heady. This felt like, no, this can actually live and breathe in the world and people will pay money for it. And that's kind of an exhilarating, exhilarating thing to think about. So what kind of drew you towards um, not just graphic design, but into branding and more towards uh, the creative strategy aspect? Yeah. So like I was previously saying, I knew from like a young age that I was always kind of creative person and I always wanted to do something creative. My dad painted and um, my mom doesn't have a creative bone in her body, but kind of got it from my dad. And I was telling a funny story the other day. I was young and um, all the other kids were playing outside and I would just sit there on my Walkman on the couch and just draw for hours. And my mom but I have to come over to me. She's like, all right, Casey, like time to go get some physical exercise. <laughs> and so <laughs> it was always something that I loved doing. And then when I got to college, I thought that I wanted to actually pursue art therapy, which is kind of a new kind of therapy. And then I kind of switched gears, thought I wanted to be like a studio artist, like drawing, painting, everything like that. Quickly realized you don't make any money off of that or it's kind of like struggling. Um, and so then I found art history, loved that and made that my major. Then also got quickly, you know, kind of confronted with the fact that you need a lot of schooling to become an art curator. And that was kind of a long-term goal for me. So took a graphic design class, like I said, fell in love, came naturally to me and became a double major with art history and graphic design. But yeah, I 
started designing for a couple of years out of college. Once I graduated, just internships here and there, um, kind of just doing like the nitty gritty, dirty work of design, you know, um, not the most creative fun stuff, but just, you know, business design and things like that, everything that comes into it. I was designing a lot for um, a company associated with Amazon. So a lot of product photography and things like that. It wasn't the most exhilarating thing. And then, you know, I took the Kiss My Portfolio challenge and I really, you know, kind of saw myself doing branding and I've just kind of grown from there and I love it now. So, yeah. Yeah. Branding is kind of a whole new ball game once you kind of get out of graphic design and the the way that I describe it is kind of the difference between the technical skills of being like a, a graphic designer being an artist and then also applying business knowledge and applying some marketing and forecasting and and more kind of business know-how which I got through my family because they're all entrepreneurs like long line of female entrepreneurs in my family so I kind of got the business side by osmosis but did you feel in art school that you learned anything about running a business? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, no, not really. Not really at all. <laughs> yeah, no, it just wasn't something that, no, I was taught really. My my mom is very business-minded, so she's kind of taught me things. And my boyfriend is, uh, you know, business, things like that too. But no, I took a marketing class and that actually taught me a little bit, but not a lot. I just remember watching a ton of commercials and a ton of videos, <laughs> but not really anything tangible. And then uh, they hit me with an accounting class and I quickly backed right out of that. So no, no, I just, it's kind of, it's kind of just learning from others, honestly. Absolutely. And ditto for me. I, it wasn't until I really jumped into a project called, this was in 2017. I did with two former clients of mine tapped me for a project called the small business startup guide. And we wrote like 127 page, like business textbook, basically, obviously I was talking about visuals and marketing and social media, and they were covering uh, business planning and also like legal side of business formation. And it's really that then that I kind of realized like, oh crap, like this business foundational work is so important in how I do my designs because I really need to know like what's the mission, what's the vision, who's the ideal client avatar, how are you going to speak to them, what's their, what are their pain points, where do they hang out, like this all starts to inform how you go about design. So is there a client or maybe a project that you can think of where your idea in your head of what you were thinking either changed or was morphed by getting this information out of the client, like really kind of understanding it better what they they were going for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like a lot of people come to you, come to designers in general, not knowing what they want exactly. And that's why they have you, but it, you can get easily discouraged when you pitch an idea and it's totally not what they want. It's easy to get down on yourself and hard and things like that. But I feel like it's, it's always about blending those two ideas together. You know, like as a graphic designer, I have like great insight and things like that of what will look good. And then, you know, they, the client always wants to incorporate some kind of thing. And so I feel like mending those two ideas together to make like kind of a harmonious thing that works is the most important thing. So yeah, absolutely. I've definitely had to pivot a lot. So yeah, I just feel like it's a, you know, one thing that a graphic designer just has to have is patience. Patience is huge. I have learned patience throughout the years because sometimes just clients will just pivot and change and everything like that. And you just want to scream and just shake them and you're like, no, you're causing me so much, you know, stress, but you just have to be patient and gracious and it'll all work out in the end. 
Well, and what we started talking about on Instagram as well is when you do hit these points of tension, especially in client relationships, it's usually an indication that your boundaries or your timelines were not clear enough. So there's, it's not really anyone's fault. If there's a miscommunication and you client were expecting something different from me designer. And then the, all of these things made it feel like we're not seeing each other, right? We don't understand each other. And I talked about this, I think with Emma last week on Design Live was was about how a client was explaining to me that her aesthetic was eclectic. I'm eclectic, I'm eclectic, I'm quirky eclectic, quirky eclectic. So quirky eclectic to me meant something totally different than quirky eclectic to her. And it took us a while to kind of like tease out like, okay, do we understand each other? Like, are we speaking the same visual language? Because even though we're both speaking English, there was this lapse in what she expected and what she needed. So then how I took that and applied it to my process is like having a really in-depth brand questionnaire. Because that's really the chance for me, for the client to just brain dump everything. Like, tell me everything I might need to know about your project so that I can deliver the best result. So have you, uh, have you implemented brand questionnaires in part of your process? And what's your research phase look like? Yeah, so I'm actually working on my brand questionnaire now. I've been pulling a lot of inspiration from other successful designers, such like yourself. Um, it just really, really doing specific questions. So there's no room for error there. And so, yeah, no, I'm currently making mine, but I do, I do want it to be like kind of a bulletproof kind of start that we're off with. So there's no miscommunication whatsoever. And so, yeah, no, I'm working on my brand questionnaire and kind of seeing what the right platform is for that, for my clients to fill it out on. So that's kind of a trial and error kind of thing too. But yeah, my research process for sure. I love kind of looking at competitors in the industry of like what other people are doing. And that's a huge impact on what we will be doing, you know, with branding. And I, just, I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm a very passionate designer is how I would describe myself is I find a, like a lot of meaning and a lot of the smaller parts of design that you wouldn't really think about. So when choosing colors and things like that, I'm like huge into color psychology and colors and like the things like colors communicate, you know, blue for serenity and green for, you know, money, finance, everything like that, you know, colors are so, so huge. And so I always try to make it really, really meaningful, whatever I do. And that's where the art history thing, we don't give it enough credit really, because I find myself doing the same thing. And the other layer to that is the cultural implications of color. Like what are the societal implications of using purple? Like purple in the US means something totally different than it means in other parts of the world. So being really aware of that is does fall on the responsibility of the designer. And then we get into interesting territory, which is what is inspiration and what is straight up copying? Because as you go on too, you'll notice like, we can all assume the idea that like no art really comes from nothing, right? Like there's this great, uh, I think it was like a Facebook video I watched recently and this will make sense to you because it's an art history reference, but they showed um, Duchamp and they said the Duchamp with the bicycle wheel, the unicycle wheel on top of the stool. And they said, this doesn't make any sense unless you know everything that came right. before it. Because it is on its own, it's nonsensical. But in the context of like, what is art? What does art mean? How do we perceive art? It was an absolute rebellion of everything that was up until then. So that's where, again, like not to get super heady with it, but where the art historical, the cultural, the societal implications of what you do design does have an impact on your positioning in the world. So I love to pull out this art history terminology in some of my presentations that I'm really like trying to blow the socks off. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. but it's fun. And 
and the trends it's interesting to see how trends cycle through as well like i don't know if you've noticed there's like a total like 80s 90s revival situation going on now with like the kind of country club kind of look and it's just so funny to see things go through the stages like mid-century modern is still popular and it's now almost going to be like 70 years 60 70 years behind us like that's wild to me what are kind of your favorite aesthetics and how have you branded yourself to reach your ideal client that's a great question i you know if i had to choose three or so words to describe uh, my design style it would be very minimalistic but it would be warm i'm like very like i would like perceive myself as a warm person and it would just be modern too, because I like to, you know, look at everything um, in the past and kind of grow on it. But I guess design style wise, uh, aesthetic, I guess I really love the 90s that are coming back too. But I also like the 70s. I just, you know, the history kind of influence. Um, I don't even know what I would describe my aesthetic as, honestly. But You've got a bit of like a rustic travel right, vibe yes. as well like organic, rustic, like natural, like, and it's something that with my own aesthetic, I feel that I lack. It's not my strong suit. I love more of like a fantastical, like candy colored kind of bold, like not afraid of cut, like loud. Like I like, I gravitate more towards that. So I'm always intrigued by the more natural and raw organic, just because it's not what my brain goes right. towards. But it's it's really interesting to see how you can still do the other style. Like you can be a chameleon. That's like one of the best parts of being a designer is like, yeah, I don't have to go whole hog on one aesthetic all the time. Like I can kind of switch what I like and, and what's best for the client. I can take myself out. Yeah, of it, exactly. So what's a design project that you did where like you never in a million years would do that aesthetic for yourself, um, but it works for so that. So here in Missouri, duck hunting is a huge thing. Just hunting in general. Um, just the very country rustic lifestyle is very, very big. And my family and myself are friends with a lot of duck hunters and things like that. And like I was saying on Instagram, um, word of mouth is huge. And I'm always talking about my passions of design and, you know, that I have my own little business now and always reach out to me if you need a graphic designer. And I have kind of like put myself out there in the duck hunting world as a graphic designer. And it's booked me quite a few jobs. I am not a very uh, country outdoorsy person. I mean, I'm outdoorsy to an extent, but you know, when we're talking right. mud and shooting animals and all that stuff, I'm just not, it's just not me. And with camo and everything like that, I don't think camo looks very good on me, but yeah, I would say, <laughs> I would say all that kind of hunting stuff, I would never imagine in a million years that I would be designing for. But it's something that I had to educate myself on. Like there are different types of camo and there are different types of guns and different types of ducks. And here's everything that goes into duck hunting. And oh my gosh, it's so expensive to be a duck hunter too, you know? And so I really have had a lot of scenarios like that where I had to do my research to understand what I'm designing for in order to give them a successful design. Totally. Yeah, no, I can resonate with that completely. I worked on a project uh, earlier this year for a software service called Typist, which Mm -hmm. you helped me with a bit. And Typist uh, is teaching community college, like second career people, like keyboarding skills. So office organization, basically like an admin assistant kind of role, but with computers. And I, it took me, even though I understood the concept, it took me a while to figure out like, okay, what actually is the product? And like, how can I summarize this 
visually in a way that's going to work with your products and your programs because they were running a different a big list of products so it's that whole scalability factor right so it's like okay uh i'm used to doing interior designers and coaches and yoga people and influencers and stuff like that so now it's kind of like all right this is one's going to be a bit more research intensive but the payout is great and it's nice to be able to to push yourself like that in an area that it doesn't just like come to you so yeah and now like on a daily basis i'm doing this too because i'm I'm a full-time designer for a company here in st louis it's um it's a billiards company so pool like shooting billiards you know and uh you know maybe i had a pool table in my house growing up but uh, i couldn't say that i'd ever really used it seriously um and so i really had to do my research i had to watch a lot of pool videos and oh my gosh there's so much to go into pool and strategizing and everything like that and now i design things for a pool company every day nationwide it's crazy that you you adapt and you learn and you know i i might not like duck hunting or billiards but we have that the same that same goal in mind like we're going to create a successful design and we i have to get on board with it or else i'm not going to be able to do my job right you know so exactly and i think that that's the other part too that freelancers who are just starting out who just launched their design business they get told or at least it is in the creative community that like you have to niche down you have to niche down you have to be specific but if you're in a niche that you don't enjoy or that you don't feel passionate about or you don't know anything about then you're kind of going to have an uphill battle Mm -hmm. over someone who's already in that that space right so i'm dying to get into the food industry like i would love to do all in on some food i'm a foodie and i love it (laughs) menu design and like the whole bit and I do have one project now that's like getting into food like getting into like takeaway kind of food stuff which is just so fun but it is a totally different ball game and I haven't marketed myself to the food industry so it's you are what you put out in the internet so if you Casey had only ever posted billiard stuff I'd be like okay this girl doesn't like we're not gonna yeah. work together because she doesn't I don't know if yeah, she can do exactly. it right like all if all I was seeing was like was cue balls and and pool sticks like it would be a bit like okay well that she's really good at that but can she do other things so keeping your ideal client in mind and keeping your marketing and your messaging with that it's this delicate dance I feel like of being open but also being being consistent and the consistency I think comes in your professionalism organization your understanding of design elements um that does allow you to kind of be that chameleon to do lots of different brands is there a dream brand that you'd love to work with? Yeah. So I feel like my dream brand would probably be maybe um, maybe like a restaurant in Florence, Italy, because that's like my favorite place ever, or a yoga studio mm-hmm. or something like that. I love yoga. And so something that I could really, really relate to and love and fall in love with. And um, it makes me even that more motivated to just put all of my soul into this project. Yeah, something like that would be amazing. But you know, you have to, you have to be open to whatever gets thrown your way when you're starting off, because trust me, my end goal is not to keep designing for billiards and duck hunting brands at all, but I have to build my portfolio somehow. Like if that's the things that are coming to me right now, then I'm going to make those, those absolute best designs that I can get it on my website and the right people will see it one day. And you know, I might just get that job for a restaurant in Florence or a yoga studio, you know, you never know. So you have to start somewhere for sure. Yeah. And I think you brought up a great point about sharing your work. If you don't share your work, no one can see it. If no one can see your work, they don't know you exist. And so it was the same thing. My best clients this year have come from TikTok. 
go figure, right? Lindsay Silverman, who's been a dream to work with, she asked on her Instagram months before, anybody know a brand designer that could help me out with my blog design? And she just said that she had such a hard time sifting through who was good at what price point and was really overwhelmed by the whole experience. Took it, went over to TikTok, found my videos and was like, yes, I'm done. I want to work with you. I was like, great. And then that turned into Hotel Lobby Candle, which has been oh just gosh, an yes. absolute like joy ride. So fun. And it, what I love about our working relationship is exactly what you're describing is like you get into a niche or into a project where like you just get it like I am the demo for hotel lobby candle like 100% so it's fun it's like designing for myself and and any idea I pitch her with she's just been super on board for and it's it's crazy to think like I really didn't start that way like a lot of the clients I started out with I really they kind of viewed me as like this millennial girl with a laptop like I wasn't in yet I didn't have an offering that was consistent with what I like and what I do and what I I aspire my business to be. And so it was kind of hard to say no to projects that I didn't want to work on. Cause it's like, Hey, this is a paying gig. Like I'm going to learn something out of it. You right. Know? So I, I, I understand your point of view completely. And I think that you're only going to get better as time yeah. goes on, which is a great thing. And if you like it, then, then keep doing the projects that you like. And then you get to a point where you're like, sorry, duck hunting business. Like I don't do it exactly. anymore. Like you can kind of just, you can kind of uh, be choosy, which is just such a blessed position. Right. To be exactly. In, really. For sure. The other question that we did get through Instagram, which is always a good one to talk about. And it's a topic that, that I think is always refreshing to hear is about creative burnout and feeling like if you get stuck or you have a project that you're not delivering on, how do you kind of get yourself out of that? Yeah. So um, creative burnout is something that I know very near and dear to my heart. Um, Probably happens about once a month for me at least. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So I might have a bad day or a bad week, honestly. And, you know, sometimes I'll wake up in the morning and start designing and just things are not clicking. Like, it's just not coming together on my screen how I would want it to. And then I get, it, it's just like a domino effect. Then I get frustrated and then I get anxious because I have to meet these deadlines, but like, how am I going to do it if I don't keep on working? And so throughout years and years of this, I just decide to walk away. I just close my computer for an hour or two and I just go do something else. Like maybe that's take a walk or take a bubble bath, like have a green tea, like go take a nap, something I just don't need to be looking at my computer and that goes with my phone too. Like just turning it off, like just taking a break, unplugging. And it's, it's crazy how, how much inspiration you can get from just things around you that you might not notice because you're so, you know, glued to your computer, your phone screen. And oftentimes when I come back to my computer, you know, the designs aren't as bad as I thought they were, or I have a new perspective of what I can do now to make them even better. And so that's kind of my tips, but you know, everyone, everyone has off days. Like you hear about writer's block all the time and, you know, just people just having just like days that are just not good at their job. It's we're human. We do that kind of thing. So my best advice would just be unplug and just take a break. Yeah. And the other part of that too, is if you are feeling like you're in a rut or you have imposter syndrome, like to me, I've, okay. So I've had like a really tough week and same thing. Wasn't feeling creative. Wasn't feeling on top of it, feeling kind of like put against the wall with some clients. And for me, it's like, okay, well, let me go look back at all the projects I did like, 
like let me actually go back and like let's rack up the ones that I really did like and right now it's December by the time we're recording this and I'm doing like 25 days of small business which I'm already regretting like why did I commit to doing a full feed gradient and a carousel post every day for 25 days I don't know what I was thinking when I committed to this but now I'm in it and it's been a great exercise because it's allowing me to not only go back and share projects that I've completed that went really well but reconnect with those clients hey how did your 2020 go like what's going on like how can I help you or RIP to that business idea you had in 2017 like too bad the logo is so yeah. good like which has happened like that's the reality is like not every business is, is meant to last and it's not really anyone's fault either but it's reassuring to me also and it's also so important to collect testimonials collect reviews and keep kind of that like warm fuzzies folder so you have somewhere to go back and be like no I am doing yeah. my job <laughs> some days you know like no this is okay like this will be okay and and also bringing people on that help with your process, like having you on, having Haley to kind of bookmark or bookend my process has been huge because now I know it's like, I don't have to second guess my own brain because now there's more than one. Yeah, brain exactly. And so it kind of, it's like, okay, so yeah, we're both seeing this and you and I have pinged back and forth on projects being like, yeah, I can't believe that. <laughs> I <just said> that. <laughs> Seriously, people are ruthless. Like, oh my God, like, are we really here? Like what? Like they didn't like it. Are you kidding? Like there is. And so having that sounding board for me has been like huge for 2020 it's like allowed me to hit my goals so I think without it it would have been much harder to get to where where at least my business is today and yeah and another thing like for anyone starting off too is like you can't be and this is you know the pot calling the kettle black but you can't be overly uber critical of yourself either because there and I'm so guilty of this there are some days that you know, someone will ask me to do something. I've even like, you know, been helping you out with projects Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I have no idea what she just said to me. (laughs) And so I have to ask those questions and you can't feel like a bad designer or just not creative or not smart enough because sometimes I'll just, just get this really negative self-talk. All right, Casey, like, how don't you know this? You know, like, why aren't you getting this? You know? And so you have to ask those questions to grow and learn and just some days you just have off days and that's fine but you know we we all got to keep on pushing you know yeah and some days you have to go like like a dog with a tail between their legs like I've got and and I kind of had this as well when I was looking at this 25 days of small businesses is, is it's really easy for me to also go down the road of all the projects that didn't come to fruition and there's plenty of them and there's plenty of them that were a total flop and there's plenty of I'm sure clients that were disappointed with me or disappointed with my work product but there's also like there's such great lessons to be learned in those and there's such great opportunity and also like sometimes the clients are just yeah crazy absolutely (laughs) it's not even as you could be the best designer in the world and this person would be unhappy so there's such a roller coaster there's such extreme highs with entrepreneurship and there's also some really extreme lows where you're like man everything sucks no exactly yeah you just you just don't know and like the fact that you you know, share those same struggles with me, just a person that's starting out is so reassuring to me because I, so I found you on TikTok. I started watching your videos. I started binge watching them, whatever. And I was like, oh my God, this, this girl is so good at design. Like she's awesome. And I favorited <laughs> every one of your videos. So I was like pulling inspiration and everything like that and how you set up everything. And then I got connected with the Facebook group. I joined that. And then I took the Kiss My Portfolio Challenge and then when you emailed me, like, you know, kind of like brainstorming the idea of working together, I was like, I said to my boyfriend, I was like, I think a celebrity just emailed me. Like, I swear. I was like, I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity. I don't think it's real. I think this is spam. And so you, oh gosh, you just don't know about those connections that you may possibly make one yeah. day and you just have to go for it. And 
here I am working with Michelle, who I thought was like, seriously, like Beyonce. And I'm like, all right, here we are. So yeah, no, it's, it's the Facebook group has been really wonderful for that. And I'm really lucky that there's such an engaged group and people are so helpful and, and it didn't happen overnight. It happened from a lot of hard work. And that's the other thing that people I think forget or that they don't see is like, I started the Facebook group with seven people. And it was myself, my two friends, and my mom and my sister, and I don't know, some like one random client that was cool at the time. <laughs> but it took, I posted in there every day for like six months before I saw traffic, like before people were like, okay, yeah, actually this is helpful. And, and I had to try different ideas. I'm like, okay, we're, our mood board's helpful, our q and is helpful, our live video's helpful. And kind of always trying to be, my whole goal with the group was to be the kind of resource that I wish I had had when I was starting out, which I got indirectly through Instagram stories. Cause that's really when Instagram stories took off. And I was following a bunch of designers and I was getting, this is how I outline fonts in illustrator. And I was like, <laughs> like, that's a thing. Like I didn't even know because I'm totally self-taught when it comes to all these programs. So you just learn so much. And I feel like in a social learning opportunity. And I think that is the big missed step between being in school undergrad to doing entrepreneurship is like, how are you going to fill this vacuum of knowledge? Because there are going to be questions that you're not even going to know how to phrase the question because you wouldn't even know to ask it yeah. in the first place. But sometimes seeing someone do it, it's like, oh, I could do that. Like, okay. Yeah. Like this makes sense to do it that way. Like, oh, I, but you would have never gotten there on your own. And so that's where the community over competition all the way, kiss my portfolio challenge all the way. Like my goal with that is to help designers become better designers. Cause there's so much bad. Stuff yeah, exactly. There. Like, so, I mean, if everyone could just be better. Yeah. It would be great. There's, there's a reason that fake it till you make it is a thing. Like you have to exude this confidence, like that, you know, things and Google is your best friend. Like there are so many discussions or messages that I've had with clients or people in the design world that They'll ask me a question. I'm like, um, I actually don't know what that word means. We're allowed to just look it up. And then I'm like, all right, so it means this. And then I just come right back at it. And I'm like, all right. And so you just, you have to, it's a learning process. And you just, you have to have this confidence. Even if you're not the smartest person in the room, you're going to make sure that they think you are because you just, you've got to have that mentality. We're like, all right, you know, we're going to learn today and that's cool. Keep moving, you know? Yes. And the, the other part of that as well is like um, not taking critique oh, personally, absolutely. which is really hard to do. But it's something I really tried to preface with the Kiss My Portfolio Challenge is like a critique is a suggestion. Here's the difference between a critique and a good critique and a bad critique. Like just saying you don't like it doesn't give you any information. So if you present something to a client and they go, I don't like it, then your follow-up question be like, what do you not like about it? how is this different from everything that you've already approved in the process? Like, where does this fall flat? And that's not at all really, okay, maybe it's the designer's fault a little bit, but it's about asking those follow-up questions and not taking it as, um, I don't like it. You're a bad designer because that's not what they're right. saying. It's like, there's, you have to get to the reason why this isn't working. And sometimes it's like, yeah, you don't like it because you are not your yeah. ideal client. Like, exactly. We're not designing for you. You know, we're designing for your business and, and it's hard for a lot of people to separate those two oh, things. Oh, I remember. So, yeah. There's tons of like lessons. My, one of my first design classes mm -hmm. in school, <laughs> one of our first critiques, this is like my sophomore year or something. And one of our first critiques, this teacher just laid in on this one student and just left the room crying and I was like oh no but you have to have thick skin in this industry like you really do you have to be receptive but you also kind of have to develop this thick skin where you're, you have to take it and you have to grow from it and you get used to it but you know 
criticism and you know just saying that you don't like it is totally different like you you have to tell me why and like what I can do to improve or else neither of us are going to benefit from that so exactly Haley and I actually struggled through a project over the summer where the client just couldn't express what she was actually looking for and then I think on top of that didn't trust that I knew what I was talking about so it kind of became this compound issue and so I pulled Haley in and I was like I'm at a loss I was like I don't know what to do about this like can you take a crack at it. So like Haley tried to take a crack at it. We presented it again. It still was a no-go for the client. And Haley's like, yeah, I don't really think this one should go in your portfolio. <laughs> it just got to the point. She's like, this is past the point of no return. Like, she's like, I wouldn't put my name anywhere near oh, that if I were you. And yeah. Like, you, you will have, like, I've had clients that want a very specific thing. There's no changing their mind about it. And you produce it. You're like, mm, that's definitely not well-designed. I'm not going to put my name on it uh -uh. at all, uh -uh. but here you go. Here's your product. Mm -hmm. As long as you're happy, I'm happy, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to put my name on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you and I just did yeah. one of these not too long ago where I'm like, why did I ever take on this project? So it still happens six Absolutely. years later and uh, it will continue to happen. And I think that it's really easy to get discouraged and just see someone's highlight reel or just see projects that turned out great. And, and maybe I'll, I can put my ego aside and post all my flops for January. <laughs> and I can just, we can just celebrate all the, all the things that oh, went horribly absolutely. wrong. There's dozens yeah, probably. For sure. Dozens. But they don't make the news feed. So, so yeah. Anyway, where can people find you, follow you, connect with you, work with you, all of that good stuff. It's been such a good conversation. We could probably keep going for an hour, but we have um, time. So my new Instagram page for my new business is Casey Jones Creative. I think my personal Instagram, if you want to follow me there is Casey Jones 29. It's usually just stories about wine, but um, I mean, if you're into that, you can follow me there too. Um, but my <laughs> website is caseyjonescreative.com and I have um, my email on there and as well as an appointment set up and everything like that, everything that you kind of need to know about me, my services, my prices, everything um, portfolio wise too. And so I look forward to chatting with anyone that might be interested in hiring as a designer. So perfect. Well, thank you so much, Casey. And thanks everyone for listening. Don't forget to join the Facebook group, uh, Kiss My Aesthetic, the Kiss My Portfolio Challenge number three. Updates will be in there eventually. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I can promise for now. Um, so if it sounds like something you'd like to take, I think everyone that's done it has had, well, I won't say everyone. The majority of people that have taken it have had a really good uh, experience doing it and it becomes part of their portfolio, which is always the goal. But yeah. Thank you, Casey. And uh, I'll catch you online, but everybody else go follow her, connect with her and keep your eyes on Casey Jones Creative. Thanks. Catch you next time, guys. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. For show notes on what we've discussed today, links to anything that might be relevant, go to mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, all the happy stuff wherever you listen to podcasts. And come join us in the Facebook group, Kiss My Aesthetic. We would love to see you there. Have a great day.